Today's also titled, the message of today's uh, title is called Supernatural Strength. And <clears throat> I wanted, you know, I, I kind of I was praying about it and, and you know, what, what going through something tragic as what did occur in September 11th, um, everyone has their path in life. And I can imagine how many people that were, people suffered, people that had nothing to do with it. We all, if you were alive then, you know, I don't know, some of you may not even remember, but I remember perfectly well when, um, when man, when it happened, what happened September 11th, I remember I was in school and, uh, yeah, this was 20, this was 23 years ago. So I was in, uh, I think I was like in the sixth grade or what was it? The fifth grade, well, no say, but I remember. And, um, and I remember like, right. Cause it was one of those impact moments that you're like, it's just shocking. Those of you that were alive and remember, I mean, some of you possibly, you know, were not alive then. I see some young faces here, okay? We're all young, amen, but you know, I'm not as young if you weren't around 22 years ago. But I remember specifically, man, it was like one of those moments you don't forget. And, and I remember that we, the, the, it was like a, like a state of shock all throughout the whole entire country. It looked like it was something fake, like it wasn't real. This is not happening to America. No way. It's just, it's, it's just, that's, that's, it's just catastrophic. Cause first they showed the video of the first tower. Cause it was the twin towers. First, the first tower. And then the news spread out everywhere. A plane hit the a tower in New York. It's like, what do you, and then everyone just, the, we stopped, everyone stopped doing what they're doing. I remember my, the, the teacher put it on the TV. Everyone was shocked. The teachers were shocked. Everyone was shocked. The whole world was shocked. And then all of a sudden, excuse me, then all of a sudden, you keep looking at this, at, at the, like this building on fire. And all of a sudden, you see a second plane hit the other one. And it was like, okay, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, fear struck. And, you know, we all know as a long story short, you know, I'm not going to talk about every single detail about that moment. But we do know that fear struck America. And a lot of people, and the craziest part was once, an hour later, man, all the kids in my, like, all the parents were running after their kids and going home, taking kids out of school. And we're talking about this happened in New York. We're in Miami. Like, if that was, like, if a plane were going to hit your house or something or our school, and it was like, America's under attack. Felt like there was a war about to go on, and, and you can see the fear just cloud the whole nation. Crazy how Satan can use one event to scare and to petrify a whole entire nation, huh? Obviously, we obviously stood firm and stand, amen, for, amen for the people and the individuals that fought for this country and for our freedom and continue to fight for our freedom. Put it up together for our military, amen? Because one thing is to be free and one thing is to maintain that freedom, amen? So we continue to fight for that daily. Praise the Lord. But anyway, so, and I remember then obviously in the aftermath of it, the country also, and it's also interesting how you see, I don't remember a time where America was ever so united either. Pretty insane, right? Something so catastrophic. It was a beautiful thing to see then. I guess that was probably the only positive thing about all that was to see how we as a nation were united. United we stand, divided we fall. It's a beautiful thing to say that, you know, and also, and this is also cool. It's all tying into what we're doing next week too for our nation. 
and it also has to do with America and, you know, rule. And obviously God, man, needs to be God-centered. We need to be God-centered in everything that we do in our lives, man, including this country and our values and our morals and our principles. Amen. Put your hands together for that. And, and praise the Lord. And, and also then when you see that the, the aftermath of it and then, man, all the debris that, that had fallen, there, there was still, it was, it was an extremely dangerous situation for the firefighters and the officials. And man, people that were legit risking their lives to try to find people in the debris and all the cement and concrete and steel from these these buildings were huge. You guys know what I'm talking about. This is why even the firefighters, there's many of them that passed away looking to try to save people that they didn't even know that were there or alive or dead under this debris. I remember one time when I was in Mexico City, there was an earthquake that happened. It was crazy. And there was people that, unfortunately, they didn't make it. And these buildings weren't nearly as tall as the, as the, as the, as, as the Twin Towers. And we're talking about people were looking, but not many people would dive inside and go in places that were not safe. The structures weren't safe. And I can imagine how frustrated these firefighters were and these individuals that were trying to save the lives of these people that were lost. I can imagine what went on in their heads. Well, man, who can attack our... They must have been upset. They must have been angry. They must have been fearful. But they still did this heroic act. But I can imagine that there must have been a point where most of these people got to a, a position. They came to a point where they may have not been strong enough to continue. And whether it's something so extreme as September 11th attack or maybe something else that goes on in our day-to-day -day lives that maybe you're just not strong enough to continue to move forward anymore. Maybe you have a death in your family. Maybe it's something, you know, it, hasn't, it doesn't have to be so extreme in that sense, but it could be something that you could just be so frustrated, uh, something that just sometimes gets the better of us that you just lose hope. All of us in our lives have experienced a time in our lives where we just feel like we're not strong enough. It's happened. We're human. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can be empowered and strengthened in God. Not only for ourselves, but more importantly, in order to serve him. Our flesh may fail, but God's power never runs out. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Colossians. This is interesting. Look at this, how, how I was studying this and I was researching. And it's, it's, it's interesting how now we're talking about strength in 9-11. First Colossians 9 through 11 is going to be our topic, preaching title, or so verses for today. I'm going to be touching other bases, but this is our base for today. I'll be preaching on, I'll be, I'll be having other verses, you know, just to uh, empower what I'm speaking on here. But our base and our focus is first Excuse me, Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Look what it says here. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the, writing to the Colossians, okay? We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. 
as to walk in a manner, verse 10, as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing, say increasing, in the knowledge of God. And lastly, verse 11 says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Today we're going to be discussing three things that we can do to empower, strengthen the work of God in our lives. And these three things go from verse 9, verse 10, and 11. If you're with me, church, say amen. So the first one, verse, verse 9, Colossians 1, verse 9, put it up there. Through in the powering work of God, you can be fully fulfilled. Look what it says. Let's read verse 9 again. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and all understanding. We start off from the day we heard. The day you heard and the day you received the Lord, amen. The truth, Jesus' ministry, all that he did, he lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law. Because we know we, none of us here can ever, we'll never be able to, and yeah, only Jesus is Jesus. He fulfilled the law, lived this earth. He, he lived on this earth, fulfilled the law. He was tempted, did not sin. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Someone say amen. amen. Right after you hear and understand what is our duty, what does the Bible say? We must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We have not ceased to pray, hallelujah, for you. So now, what is our duty? Man, we need to pray for others. Someone say amen. amen. We need to pray. Are we regularly praying for others or are we mostly praying for ourselves? Nothing wrong with praying for yourself, but honestly, look at this. This is so important. There's a reason why the Bible says love your neighbor as you love your, come on. Love your neighbor as you love me. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Selfless, not selfish. I'm gonna say that again. Selfless, not selfish. And this is good that we continue to hear this and we all need to hear it on a constant basis because we as human nature, we tend to be selfish. And it's true. Just look at the kids when they're born, they're little, they're innocent. Mine. Give me mine. Like they don't want to share. It's not in our human nature. We need to teach that. Yeah. Just like God teaches us to do the same for others. That's why Jesus was the perfect the prime example. He came to serve for you, for others, not for himself, for others. Because he knows that we're not programmed normally to do that. We need to be transformed. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah, we're not like saying that amen. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was a little bit, huh? That was like you got you to gotta crucify the flesh there, man. That's an amen where you're like, all right, amen. <laughs> Paul is lifting up these Colossian believers on a regular basis. And you have to understand he's saying, man, pray for them. You got to not just pray for them, but listen... Put the verse back up. One nine. <clears throat> Pray for what? Asking that you may be filled 
with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. So what does that mean? I can pray for you to, you know, I can pray for you to get that job. Amen. That's important. There's nothing wrong with that. I can pray for you to one day find a husband, to find a wife. I can pray for you to, amen, you can be to, for, you, for your healing. Very important. I can pray for you, man, that you get that boat you wanted. You get that new house you wanted. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. But what's more important than praying for someone that God gives them the spiritual wisdom and knowledge? Someone say amen. I want to pray for you, brother, so you know exactly what God's going to tell you, convince you, and open your eyes so you can see for yourself. Do I want to help the poor? Of course. But what's more important? Let me teach you how to make money yourself so you can produce for yourself. And then you can teach others how to do what you did because I taught you how to do it. Or you're just going to give me a handy down. No. I want to teach them how to produce. You, I want to know the knowledge. I want to know God. I'm going to pray for you that you know God. I'm going to pray for you for things that are eternal, not temporal. Someone say amen. I want to make sure you get the wisdom, you get the understanding from the spirit of the living God himself. That is the prayer. That's the number one prayer. Right after Jesus comes, man, give me that knowledge. Because that's the only one that's going to really make you produce what you got to produce. I can buy you a boat, but why don't you want to buy yourself one? Huh? I can tell you what the word of God says, but isn't it so much better when he reveals it to you himself in a way that you're intimate with him? Come on, church, say amen. Those of you watching me on the internet, say amen. How much are we really praying for others and what are we praying for them for what? Our priority should be for the knowledge understanding because that's real eternal because that's going to produce glory be to God way better than any gift you can ever give anyone anyone pray for the knowledge understanding wisdom from above hallelujah nothing wrong with praying for someone to be healed like I said earlier nothing wrong but man we need to pray for other people, man, for their spiritual depth, for their spiritual wisdom, understanding. Physical things, and here he's not talking about anything physical. But we know there's nothing more important than eternal. Number two. Let's go to verse one. Excuse me. Chapter one, verse 10. Next one. Through the empowering work of God. You can now walk wisely. Let's read. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully and pleasing to him, bearing fruit in, in every good work and increasing knowledge. Someone say knowledge of God. Paul wants his believers to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now, this task is extremely difficult to accomplish. This is the walk. If it was easy, obviously, you know, we, we can never walk just like Christ. Let's get that straight. Because we're not Christ. There's only one. Right? Now, we can walk Christ-like, pursue it, strive for it. There's a big difference. Oh, well, I'm a sinner, so I'm just going to continue to sin. 
There's no point. See, that's the enemy. Because then you're just walking in your own selfish mentality, which it really has, is not what God wants for his people. I'm going to go to heaven when I pray. Yeah, you will. But guess what? You're going to be miserable here on earth. There's a plan for you here now while you're breathing, while you're alive. Don't let the enemy steal that from you, telling you, oh, well, I'll never be Christ. I'm going to make a, I'm going to sin again tomorrow. I'm going to sin now. So what's the point? Well, then the point is you're going to be defeated as long as you're here on earth. And I don't want to live that way. A just man falls seven times, gets back up every single time. One thing is to sin. One thing is to live in sin. If, I'm in the, if I fall in the hole, I'm not staying in that hole. I'm getting up, getting out. Someone say amen. We're not trying to, we're not born to live in there. Some people just want to live depressed. They want to live in that, in that, and, and stuck in, 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 that, in that depression, in that mentality, in that state where they always are feeling sorry for themselves and saying there's no hope and all down and all sluggish and all, ugh. wake up, wake up, rise up. That's what God has called us to do. We're never going to be Christ. So get that out of your head. We're going to be Christ-like, though. There will be a day you make a mistake, but you need to strive. You need to pursue. You need to go, man. You need to. You can't just give up. It's a constant battle. We need to strive to be like Christ. We need to continue to strive for obedience. Someone say obedience. We need to continue to grow, man, in the knowledge. And the knowledge is found where? In the word of God. It's not enough to know God's will or possess only the wisdom. Now, after wisdom comes what? Action. Because Hebrews eleven six says, and with, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Or right there, who seek him. There's different diligently seek him, earnestly seek him, seeks him, whoever seeks him. But you need, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And obviously, we also know, I say this possibly every single week, and I'll continue to say it, without faith, without works is muerto, papa frita. Done. So now we got the knowledge. Amen. We're going to be filled with the knowledge. Now we got to apply it. We got to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. So now we know we got the knowledge. Amen. Want to be empowered. We want that strength. Guess what? Now it's time to exercise that faith. I did this because we're pulling up. A, we're going like the weights. Okay. I'm holding on to a, a spiritual dumbbell right now. Okay. Working out. Exercise your faith in Christ in your day-to-day -day walk. And then if you keep looking at here, and like I said earlier, Paul emphasizes in this and all these things, we're talking now mostly spiritual health, not talking only physically, even though he does speak about physical things like we spoke earlier, that's very important. But remember, spiritual, man, there's nothing greater than the spirit of God because it all comes from within and then it comes out. And then that's where everything else falls into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. And then I love what it says here. Go back to, uh, go back to Colossians uh, 1.10. We're on number two now. 
Look what it says here. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit. Say bearing fruit. In every good work. True believers must bear fruit. Punto. Period. If you don't bear fruit, there's a problem. A big problem. If you look at your life and there's no fruit, there is a problem. There has to be fruit from your faith. If you're born again, you become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And this new creation has a fruit. And it's seen through your works. Look what it says here. A believer should continue increasing in the knowledge of God and growing. There will be ups and downs, but there should be an obvious change in your trajectory. Trajectory, what's that? Well, when a hurricane goes one way and it goes another, you're praying, man, that trajectory gets away from Miami. You better make sure. I don't want that to hit me. Spiritually, someone needs to waken up here this morning. I don't know who I'm talking to. But if your trajectory is still the same as before, you're up. You're, there's something wrong. It needs to, there needs to be a shift. There has to be a shift that everyone will notice. Can I get an amen? amen. Look what it says here. And obviously, like I keep saying, Paul talks a bunch about the eternal is way much more important than physical. Certain, tempor certain things that are temporary, or, you know, we, we, want, we want eternal things here, guys. There's certain things that we will receive, amen, but man, God's a God of eternity. God wants, man, he wants you to be focused on the eternal. He wants you to be focused on things that, man, will last from today while you're still breathing, while you're alive and all through eternity and will affect your future generations and affect your children, your children's children and your children's children's children. And, man, your lineage is blessed. God's in a God of it. Man, God's a God of we're going generational, not just now temporary, temporal. Look what it says here. A couple chapters after verse well, Colossians 1, now Colossians 3, 2. In the ESV, it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, that are on earth. In order for you to walk wisely, we need to be heavenly focused. Come on, church. What really, truly matters is what's from above. Because that's, man, that's where the blessings come from, from God. Can I get an amen? Put your hands together. And then the third one. You guys are with me? Say amen. The third one. There we go. You're on it. Good job. I like that. Without me even saying the verse, you already knew what the third, what the third one was. Colossians 1.11. The third point. Through empowering the work of God, you can stand securely. Now, this is going to be very interesting, and I know a lot of you are going to, the Lord man has spoken to me, and I'm like, wow, I had this revelation last night, and I started going hard, heavy on this third topic. So I'm excited to share this. I'm excited to share it all the time when I'm with you. But, you know, especially right when God talks to you about something, you like, you know, well, at least that's, what I, that's the way I feel, okay? So if you're looking at me all weird, but I'm excited, okay? And I know you're going to receive what God has for you. Say Amen. 
Colossians 1:11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Today's message called Supernatural Strength, and it was taken from this actual verse. We are strengthened and empowered by God according to his glorious might. Supernatural strength. Not from our strength, from his strength. Because something to be supernatural is out of the ad natural, out of the ordinary. Through the word of the Lord and through the spirit of the living God, man, we can, we are strengthened with all power. Not just some power, with all power. Say all power. All power. Not a little power, not 50% of a God's power. No, all power. 100%. I love that it says all power. Because God's God's, our God's a big God. God doesn't know how to do things little or halfway. That's why he talked about being all in or you're either with me or you're against me. Are you in or are you out? When God's power comes on you, man, it's not here. It's, not, it's all glorious, mighty, supernatural, king of kings, creator of the world, creator of the universe. He's living with you. All power to dominate, to rule, to have the authority, to conquer, to have dominion over all. Because God is the king of all kings, owner of all the riches and all the silver, all the gold. He's with you. All power. Someone say all power. All power. Glory. This power has a source. It's God's strength. And this strength has something extremely important that backs up the strength. Are you with me, church? This strength has something that backs up, that backs up the strength. And what is it? For being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Someone say joy. joy. Someone say joy. Joy. Nehemiah 8.10, put it up quick. Then he said to them, go your way, eat, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do not be grieved for the joy, joy, joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy, joy, joy is your strength. It is impossible to have supernatural strength unless you have joy. You cannot be empowered unless you have joy. Because the power of God is backed by joy. Joy. Now joy. Sounds like I'm calling someone's name. Joy. Joy. Let's talk about joy. Because a lot of us get this confused so much time, so many times. Joy is not happiness. And a lot of you are looking at me like, what is this guy talking about? Isn't joy me smiling all the time? And joy? What do you mean joy? It's not happiness? Am I not supposed to be smiling with joy? 
It's part of it. You could be smiling and have joy. But do you know that you can also be sad and have joy? Do you know that you could be unhappy and still have joy? Let's look at the difference between joy and happiness. This is where it got me. This is what the Spirit of God was revealing to me. This is what we're getting at right now. Someone say amen. amen. Check this out. It doesn't say the happiness of the Lord, it brings me strength. It says the joy. It doesn't say happiness is my strength. It says joy. What is joy? What is happiness? What is the difference? One lives in the mind, the other one lives in the heart. This is, this is, this is serious weight. Joy is a little word. Happiness is a bigger word. Think of the word, guys. Listen to what I'm saying. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is the soul. Happiness is in the heat of the moment. Ha joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Interesting. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Hi. Okay, you know. Joy is profound and in the scripture. Don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is bomb. Don't worry, be happy. Joy is an inward feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship and trials and connects meaning with purpose. Say amen. Someone say amen. Check this out. A person pursues happiness. But joy is a choice. Someone chooses joy. Happiness, you pursue it. And listen, I'm not talking to something, there's nothing wrong with being happy, guys. I'm just letting you know the difference. There's times where you're happy, while you have the joy. There's times you may be sad, but you have the joy. Choose joy, practice joy, know joy, live joy, but feel happy. Happiness doesn't bring joy. Joy isn't the byproduct or the result of happiness. You guys understanding what I'm saying? I'm going to say that again. Happiness does not bring you joy. It doesn't. Joy is not the result of happiness. No. Joy is something much bigger, much larger than happiness. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Look at it says in Galatians 5, being the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. That's in the book of Galatians 5. The second fruit of the Spirit, joy, is a fruit of the Spirit of God. Someone say amen. amen. It is possible to experience joy during difficult times. And the most difficult time you could even think of is when, you know, when you lose probably a death of a loved one. Speaking on 9-11, we're talking about what went on, the tragedy. I'll feel sad, 
But, man, I still have the joy of the Lord. And I know, man, in my heart, especially if they were, you know, were saved, man, I have the joy knowing that they're in a better place with my king right now in paradise. Difficult moments, but the joy is your base. The joy is your strength. The joy of the Lord is what will get you through any situation, whether good or possibly not so pleasing at the moment. Joy! is always around joy is a fruit of the spirit what spirit the spirit of god the one that we all have well that most of us have and if you don't you'll have them today praise the lord even through difficult time joy will always remain a base for our lives even when we're facing an unpleasant situation in our lives Joy is present in the moment, every moment. Happiness is temporary. Believe it. And it's funny, though, because when we, you, you know what's cool? You talk to a bunch of people, and, and it gets me thinking, too, of like a, you know, a relationship. Hey, are you, how are things going between you guys? Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. That's the most important. Nah. We got to stop saying that. Because I've come out, are you happy? That's all that matters if you're happy. What happens if they do something wrong to you after the next day? You think that you're going to always be smiling every day? You think there's times where I'm happy with my kids? Are you happy? No, nah, man, I'm joyful. Because there's times that I'm not happy with them. Someone say amen. And, but we got the joy of the Lord. Come on, put your hands together, church. That's our strength. That's what drives us. That's a supernatural strength. True joy is limitless. It's life-defining transformative love and joy are very similar in what sense well because you got to choose both love is a choice it's not a feeling joy is also a choice it's not a feeling it's eternal and hence they're both part of the fruit of the spirit love joy I love how first obviously you know paul says it in galatians 5 he talks he starts says love joy then peace patience kind they're all very important but I have a feeling he wrote love first because that is the most important. And then joy is right after. Because that's where your strength comes from. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah.